Hello again, and welcome to another episode of EdgeGuard, a podcast where we take a closer look at games on the fringe. I am your host, Jordan, and with me today, as always, is my co-host, Blake. Did you forget your name for a second? I <laughs> couldn't like, decide if I was going to call myself host Jordan? or uh, one of the hosts or make a joke about being the only host. And in that time, it was a pause as though I was remembering my name. An audible pause. And you know what's <laughs> even better? Since I edit this podcast, I could make that pause as long as I want. I could make that. <laughs> Are you going to do that to our listeners? As gonna, pregnant a pause a, as I please. It's an eight second pause. You can yeah. throw in some crickets. You can you can do a no, lot I of things. Do, I could do all kinds of fun stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway, Jordan, what 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 do we what do we play? Well, I write the description, so I could uh, 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 I can say you're a big dummy in the description. Yeah, I, you ever think I of post, that? I post the descriptions, so <laughs> I, I, yeah. I but how closely do you read them? Uh, I read all of them closely. Mm, mm. All right, all right, sometimes. all right. Let's uh. <laughs> Let's save this petty squabbling for we're, outside we're, we're of We're getting into a little bit too much into inside podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Showing people how the sausage is made. Uh, they don't want to uh, see that. No, we're um, getting inside this podcast. What was the game we played yeah, inside okay. this podcast? This week we played a game called Warehouse Panic. Um, ah! it's, yes, That's Panic. Well, you only panic while you play. It stresses you out. You know, I feel like that games. wasn't explicitly stated. Um, and this is a game by a developer who goes by the name Rezoner or Resoner, not sure. Um, who he is a Polish developer, actually. Mm. Um, uh, this game it was originally for the IO Game Jam, and then he developed it a little bit more. Um, uh, and now it's a basically the game is a multiplayer. Um, three-player competitive game you play online. Um, and I saw on Twitter a description of the game that I thought was apt, which is that it's a, a mixture of Tetris and Go, um, but with a time limit. Mm. Uh, because like Tetris, you're trying to fit together um, little... Uh, blocks and th- I think they are all Tetris shapes. The blocks that you're doing, no, absolutely, or not. most of them, anyways. Um, no. And then you, uh, it's you're competitive. Wrong, <laughs> Lots of them are Tetris blocks, though. There, there are Tetraminos in it, but that's the word uh, I was looking for. Tetraminos, by definition, have five little cubies in them, exactly, or four, four. Sorry, Tetra, obviously four. Um, yeah. Yeah, you say you're good at Tetris. You don't even. Dude, I'm a. Te- we'll get to me being fucking dope at Tetris, Jordan. Just you wait. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, and it's like Go because you're playing on a shared game board in which you're trying to both get points for yourself and block points for your hmm. opponent. I've never um, actually played Go. I have not either, and I don't actually know a lot about Go. And I probably just <laughs> but- butchered Go because it's one of the most like complicated games to play and master that has ever been created. Hmm. Um, it, it took com- fun fact took computers way longer to get better than grandmaster go players than grandmaster chess players. But as of like I, I last year, that. they're finally, uh, computers can beat humans at that too. So they're better than us in every way. Yes. The end is Except coming emotions. Yeah. But can they beat me at warehouse panic? And probably the answer is almost definitely. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, uh, now, an even bigger question is, can I beat you at Warehouse Panic? And the answer to that is no. Uh, going, <laughs> Hey, I won the first round. I'll have it be known. That's true. And then I won, once we figured out how to play the game, uh, I won all the rest of them. So, so I guess this is a good time to mention that unlike literally every other game that we've played for this podcast thus far, uh, you and I played this game together. Yes. A little bit different. Um, we so how the how the like matchmaking making works is you literally just it's a browser game and if you jump into the uh, browser it puts you in a lobby and as soon as three people are in the game starts. Um, we when we first started it it was the two of us jumped in the lobby and we instantly got matched with someone and that happened twice. We were like oh crap there's like people actually playing this game uh, and then it stopped and we just played with a friend. Um, but yeah, we, un- unlike other games where we compared scores afterwards, you saw my superior score in the moment. It was bullshit. I, I was <laughs> robbed. It was, uh, the two of you colluded against me, uh, to keep Jordan on top. I know you're paying Victor off. I, dude, I don't have the money to pay Victor off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have that PhD money. <laughs> Not yet. And possibly never. Um, But anyway, that was kind of an interesting dynamic to be uh, playing the game together. Part of me was like a little bit worried uh, about like talking about it as we were playing. Luckily, that wasn't really that much of a thing because it's kind of the the rounds are short enough. They're like 60 seconds and they're pretty hectic. So they're kind of too distracting to really have too much chatter going on. Mm. But I was a little bit worried that we were going to like talk about it too much. And then this episode was going to be really dry since we'd already (laughs) like, or it's just going to be us repeating a conversation we already had, which is always going to be weird. (laughs) Yeah. And confusing. I I feel like I'd have trouble keeping track of, which things the listeners have heard and which things they haven't. Sure, sure. <laughs> um, um, but let's talk a little bit about the... Uh, I mean, I think the the biggest thing we'll want to dive into this game is just the competitive aspect because it's such an under-discussed like aspect of games that, um, in terms of games we've talked about on this podcast because mm-hmm. so many of our games have been like single player um experiences uh driven by you know some small interactive premise or a lot of narr- narrative games too and mm. this is like a, a a really like like a a really gamey game uh yeah where you're trying to outscore your opponent out strategize your opponent um yeah, and it's the most like directly competitive for sure because we've played like Bamboo Heart and like Devil Daggers where they right. have high scores, but you're not actively like playing in the same game. Oh, but speaking game, of high scores, uh, our listeners should know that I am on the high score. It rotates the high scores every day, but I did get sixth in the global high score. I think we've talked Ranking. about your score enough, Jordan. <laughs> I'm already the my for, my opinion of this today. game is already colored by the fact that I lost at it a bunch of times, <laughs> and, I, and you're just rubbing it in. It's really uh, not fond of it. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> but, sorry, uh, but uh, I'm I'm mostly kidding. Yeah, I know. Mostly. I know. <laughs> oh, the the other thing we didn't say about this game is that your score. It's not just uh, like getting tile coverage. Well, did we even that is really part of it. explain it? What's, the scoring? No, on? we didn't. Well, no, so just the, the game in general. 
Yeah, we... Oh, I guess I just said it was a cross of Tetris and Go. Okay, so you place a bunch of, like... Um, it takes place on a grid. On a grid, and you place a bunch of differently shaped collections. They're like tetrominoes, but not all of them have four. Um, and they're, it looks like you're getting a random one each time. Uh, then you can place it anywhere on the grid. Uh, then you get a a little cooldown, like, I don't know, two seconds or something, before mm-hmm. you can place again. Um, and then whenever you make a perfect square, uh, you get bonus points. Other than that, one square is worth one point. So if you get I, a f- if you manage to get a 4x4, four four, it's worth, I think, 5. And then a 3x3 three three is like, I don't know, it goes up and up and up until... The, the, so the best way to get points is to try to match them into perfect squares. Yeah, and I just realized that I have played this game before in like a terrestrial board game. I'm pretty sure it's almost the exact same thing. It's called uh, Blockus. Oh, really? Yeah. Blockus. Wait, I've got to Google this. Yeah, it's like literally the exact same thing where you have these like different sized pizzas, but with Blockus, each uh, player has like the same collection of pieces and you're taking turns. So it's like a much slower, oh. more thought out version. Uh, whereas this game, my assumption is that it's uh, random. And yeah, uh, but okay. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm looking at a picture of Blockus and it really, huh? I didn't realize. Yeah. I just, that is totally almost realized. the same. Yeah. So yeah. So, but that is a really big um, mechanical difference oh, being yes. turn-based versus being, um, just like speed base, I guess you would say, um, because yeah. in this one it is as much a kind of like frantic mad dash as it is like out strategizing your opponent. In, in the games we played, I found that um, actively trying to block your opponent uh, is not the best strategy. Mm-hmm. And um, I noticed that because uh, at, at a certain point when I was losing a lot, I just started trying other things like trying to block you and you kind of just like kept doing your own little thing over in the corner, just like yeah, picking your corner. Because you're going so working. fast that the blocking, you're not actually like, you know, there's always somewhere else you can go. So you can only block them so much. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're really good at it, um, it probably would be in your best interest to block some big squares from time to time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. other than that, I think really focusing on your own points is probably the best strategy. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? I had a thought and then I lost it. Are you um, good at Blockus since you're so good at Tetris? Uh, so I, I guess if, if we want to talk about Tetris, the, it's the thing that I think was probably one of the reasons if I'm going to make excuses for why I wasn't that good at this game, <laughs> the biggest one I'm going to be is that no uh, rotation. The, the no rotation and like the muscle memory and the way Tetris works is so deeply ingrained in my mind because I've played so, so much of it. Like Tetris is one of those things that, uh, I have played so much that it's just like all lizard brain at this point. Like, (laughs) you know, what lizard brain is, right? Yeah, I thought lizard brain was like, was like your your evolutionary reflexes, not your acquired. Or you're saying you have played so much Tetris it has altered mm-hmm. your. Genetic I guess code. maybe maybe the con- in this context lizard brain doesn't make sense, but I've heard it used as just like uh, just like your primal playing, reflex. Like, yeah, like something that you've done it so much that you don't think about it. It's just like you're almost zoning out to be better at it because the less you think about it, yeah. the more that you're just letting your sort of like automatic brain processes take over. 
And in many cases, getting into like the later stages of Tetris, where the blocks are basically just appearing where they're supposed to land. Um, and like another big thing that you get as you get better at Tetris is um, each piece is specifically color coded. And they're right. In and in this modern, one, no colors. It, yeah. Yeah, and in most um, modern versions of Tetris, there will be a queue that will show, like, the next couple of pieces. And so you already know where you're going to put that piece and where you're going to put the piece after it, if you're staying on top of your shit. Well, this game has a queue, but it's so fast and it's not color-coded, so you can't look at it quickly, or not as quickly anyways. Yeah, and, uh, and then the other thing is just the no rotation. And, like, I guess the thing for me is, uh, Tetris is one of those games that just has like anyone can play it because you can understand how to play it super duper quickly. But the depth of mechanics that have been added over the last, you know, 25, God, probably almost 30 years uh, that Tetris has been around, or maybe even 30 years uh, that Tetris has been around. Wait, since Tetris, it was invented in the late 80s. Yeah, so that would be 30 years or close to it. That's Um, crazy. It is crazy. But, um, like the amount of like extra little mechanical tweaks that have been added over the years, like hard drops, T spins, Z spins, uh, what's a Z spin. It's so, you know, the pieces that are like Z or S shaped, depending, you know, the ones that are just like, Oh yeah. 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 So Z spin. I mean, if you know what a T spin, Z spin is the same concept, but with the Z shaped pieces, like a 180 degree spin. Yeah. Where you're like flipping it. Well, 90 degrees where you're like flipping it into somewhere where it is physically impossible, but for Tetris reasons, it's possible. Um, and then like soft locking and all kinds of fun Tetris, uh, things that you learn when you, this is way over my head. Yeah. Trust me. Like, listen, you you don't, you don't want to open the, the Blake's Tetris can of worms. I had a, a don't I, <laughs> no, not really. I had some <laughs> friends who were in a some class and one of the assignments was for them to like recreate Tetris and they were like working on this assignment and were like in this study room and I'm like critiquing how wrong their Tetris is and how they're using the wrong colors <laughs> and how, how how they don't have like soft locks or hard drops and they're like what the fuck are you talking about? Who cares? And I'm like, "Listen. <laughs> you don't know. This you haven't Tetris seen that what I've made, seen. It's bullshit. <laughs> it's bad Tetris." <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so I feel like, uh, the rotation in specific was one where like, I would get a piece and be like, okay, I'm just going to put it right here. And then I would like, honestly, what I would do is I would try and click, you can click. So you click the left uh, mouse to like place the piece and then right uh, right mouse to like, uh, just skip it and get another piece. And I kept hitting the right mouse to try and like rotate it. it. Yeah. I actually even found myself doing that sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I feel like Tetris is one of those games that is just like so popular and huge that like even people that have barely played it have seen it enough to like have the instinct to try and do Tetrisy things, yeah. which is crazy and amazing. I mean, yeah. Tetris is really fascinating also because um, it's like the, the perfect instantiation of that. And not everyone gets this, but when you play a, a really simple video game, especially one that has like a, a like a very repetitive kind of, like problem solving logic to it mm-hmm. uh you what like when you stop playing the game and you're like walking around in the world your like mind will still be kind of trying to do the operations that like mm-hmm. 
the the game required. So they actually have named that effect after Tetris. It's called the Tetris effect. And oh. it's just like when you do a, a repetitive mental activity for a long time and then you stop doing it, there's kind of like mm. a latency period where your your mind is like still trying to trying oh, okay. to think that way. So like trying if you to pick, parse the world as Tetris. Yeah, yeah. So like all the square things that you see, your like mind mm. is trying to like fit them together uh, after you after you mm. stop playing Tetris. Um, That's and I cool. I've so I don't think this happens to everyone. It might like be a, a only a subset of the population, but I get mm. it like so intensely when I play games. And even like different games, like mm. sometimes like when I play Braid, I was just playing Braid a couple weeks ago and like the like time travel mechanic was like I don't know, it's sort of mm. trippy. That's interesting. Yeah, cuz I mean if it wasn't already cleared, I've played a metric shitload of uh, of Tetris in my in my time, and I can't say that I've ever like been super aware of that effect. Um, I guess the way you were describing it kind of reminded me. There's something that's like one of the reasons I played Tetris so much is there's something incredibly soothing to me about like slipping into that like flow state where I'm just like mm, kind yeah, of yeah. like quote unquote lizard bra- lizard braining into like the Tetris and just like ripping through and ripping the tets oh yeah ripping those tetros so so quick but um yeah tetris is uh maybe the best game of all time i don't know man it's crazy (laughs) tetris is so good but uh this game is not tetris uh and that's okay it's it's still uh a cool game um yeah i mean i like the idea of kind of mixing the maybe i should play blockus sometime but um, I like the idea of mixing the, um, like open square grid of Go. Mm-hmm. Wait, does Go take place on a square grid? I think it Dude, does. Uh, you're asking the wrong person. I could not tell you what Go looks like. If someone asked me to draw, it's a the Go game with board. the little white and black stones that you. It's like area isn't control. That, isn't that Othello? What? Or, uh, I guess Othello? that's, that's a Rever- Shakespearean play. Othe- okay. So Othello is like a branded version of like reversey, which is a generic <laughs> game that also has white and black tiles on a grid. Oh, I think it's huh. called reversey. Yeah. Reverse. <laughs> Gotta love these uh, game names. Oh yeah. Classic. Um, is that what go looks like? Dude, I'm Google it. We're on our computers. Yeah, I know. Go what game. do you think I'm doing? <laughs> it looks like i mean it looks like reversey okay it is a square grid i'm, I'm not an idiot i have i have no well, at least not in this specific way i have no concept of what's happening in this game yeah so you you capture your opponent's pieces by jumping over them basically or like oh, by, so by cap like having one on either side of their piece you so it is like re- reversey then that's what reversey is I th- in go i think you remove their piece rather than switching it to yours i'm not sure oh okay I'm not hundred huh. percent sure. Interesting. I mean, well, Go is one of the oldest games like known to mankind. It's like ancient, mm. like literally several hundred BC. China mm. has like yeah, records yeah, yeah. of Go. So interesting. Uh, I, there are other infinite variations. Uh, um, next week on Edge Guard, Go. Go. No, I'm just kidding. We're, we're, and we're we gonna just, play it on a. We just play an Go. ancient Chinese <laughs> board <laughs> that oh, we've stolen from a museum. That's not true. I've lied. Um, but in any case uh that's interesting but i do think that um 
like the sort of fast competitive like Blockus is a pretty slow like methodical game if i remember correct correctly it's been sure. some time since i played but um i i do think that like sets warehouse panic apart and makes it uh i don't know it made it fun even though i was losing at it mm-hmm. uh it was still like fun and i felt like i i had a chance there were a few times i got pretty close to you yeah yeah i think the closest was 13 points and these are scores in the several hundreds, so that's yeah. quite close. You know, um, coming. Yeah, for you. I mean, I think that uh, we've used the word frantic to describe this mm-hmm. game, and that does seem right. Like, I mean, <laughs> warehouse panic. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously, that's a design choice. But sure. it's interesting, um, like how much. Like despite the like structural similarities of this game, I would say like the the mood of playing this game mm-hmm. versus playing maybe it's a little closer to Tetris because Tetris can get a little panicky when it goes really fast. Oh. Oh, but like structurally, like quite similar, but like affectively totally different than mm-hmm. um, a game like Blockus. Sure. Yeah, that's valid. I think, I think you're onto something there. Um, I'm trying to think of other things to talk about. Oh, so here's a here's a weird thing. This is like a, a current event D kind. Oh, of I was literally thing. just thinking that. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this game is played in a browser, and like uh, most people in the world, you and I generally use Google Chrome, um, and <laughs> this game is affected by a recent. Uh, update to google chrome which i actually uh we tweeted about with the edgeguard cast account so if you're interested in reading about it you can go find it there but basically uh chrome the chrome developers released a um an update where they're trying to combat websites that will autoplay video ads with audio uh without any sort of having to click on the page, like basically you navigate to the page and then it automatically starts playing the audio from a video ad that's playing somewhere at the page, sometimes buried down at the bottom specifically because, uh, they, as part of some ad agreement or whatever, they want you to be listening to it and not be able to shut it quickly. Yeah. Uh, because it's like that episode of black mirror, man. I don't know if you're talking about a specific episode or not. No, I am, I am but that, that, the way that Black Mirror works is you wouldn't know. It's just like yeah. dystopian internet like, thing. Oh, ah. Technology is cool, but also it's bad. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, um, so uh, what that uh, – the effect of this update uh, on many small browser-based games – is that they will no longer have sound because uh, this update has added some criteria that make it so that you have to um, click on like the it, I don't know it, it wasn't super clear I didn't I haven't read it super closely but you basically in order for your game to play sound you'd have to have the user like click a button on the game to like bring it in focus and then sound can play which doesn't seem like that big of a lift but. Um, depending upon the game and the way it works. And also just, uh, you know, the developers having time. I mean, most of these like games that are happening in a browser are, uh, you know, probably made by one or two people and who knows how much time Mm -hmm. they have. And also, you know, people where 
maybe there's only you know 10 people playing their in-browser game but those 10 people could mean a lot to if you're a really small developer so it's kind of a shitty thing and the yeah. uh, chromium developers basically came out saying like hey if you want to fix this you have to fix it we're not doing anything yeah uh, and i think since the sort of like alternative games community has been like freaking the hell out i know uh I think it's Bennett Foddy in particular has been like really vocal about like, Hey, this sucks. You should fix this because, uh, expecting small developers to go fix all of their games that have been made in browsers after you already basically, uh, the, the big argument I saw is like flash used to be the way for us to make games in a browser reliably that we knew anyone could play. And Chrome disabled no longer supports flash. Yeah. And so <laughs> fuck indie games. So I forget what the name there's like one engine that in particular that is like the really common one for browser based games that people had finally basically been like, okay, we're safe to use this now. Like you can safely make games in this and expect that anyone with a browser that's using Chrome will be able to play them. And now that's no longer the case. Mm. Um, so it's, it's, it's a bummer. Um, and hopefully, yeah. I mean, if you're invested in this, uh, you should go find that tweet that um that we made on the edge guard uh twitter and i think uh in the it's a quote tweet of a thread where someone's talking uh tweeting at the at chromium developers or whatever uh and so presumably if people make enough noise then there will be some some movement from their end to uh make a solution that will be you know stop those shitty video ads and also still have mm-hmm. people's games work um, yeah i mean cuz it's I mean, I don't think anyone who is playing, like, in-browser games with, like, sound or music that happens automatically Mm -hmm. is going to be particularly, like, frustrated or even surprised when it happens. You know, like, these are are websites that it's, like, they have the sole purpose of hosting the game. Mm -hmm. So you can, like, expect that there will be sound. And then if it, you, you can always silence it yeah Um, but it's like the thing they're trying to combat is these sites where it's like you you go there expecting one thing and they're Mm. like tricking you into being forced to listen to it and it's actually it's i I was reading about it and another like level of kind of irony in this move they've done is that Mm. youtube would not qualify as a site like Mm. under this this new like rule except for the fact that like the top 1000 most popular sites or i forgot the exact i think it was a thousand they like don't operate them the same they're way they're whitelisted so. or whatever yeah oh, yeah i didn't even know that aspect i, I, I didn't yeah so like that. youtube um wouldn't i think youtube has like autoplay sound sometimes now i'm not actually 100 sure on that but mm-hmm. something in this something that was changed in this new chrome update would mm. have blocked youtube but oh, google owns not. youtube and they're not yeah. about to like mm. yeah so it is it's a little irritating and hopefully we can you know they can be convinced to uh have a little more you know to work around what game developers are already doing so yeah i mean luckily uh in this in this particular case of warehouse panic, what it meant is that in order to play with sound, uh, you and I just oh, had to download Mozilla. Firefox. Uh, yeah, which, I, which we was also fine. probably could have done it on Google Play. I'm seeing now, like 
can like literally download it or maybe that's wouldn't let me do that on my pc I guess yeah i don't i don't think it would that. i i don't really know but um well. but regardless i mean for a game like this that has a probably quite small audience a huge amount of the appeal is you don't have to download anything and you open up in your browser and just go and for that experience to be lessened by there not being sound and in a game like this that's actually like kind of frantic i actually found the sound really helpful the way the music like yeah especially like when it tells you when the rounds about to end yep i thought Uh, that was super useful so i don't know it's a shame so if you're invested in these kind of small games, which I hope if you're listening to this podcast, you are at least to some degree invested in uh, uh, yeah, sort of you'd, alternative you'd, it'd games. It'd be a weird podcast for you to be listening to if you're <laughs> yeah. video games. Basically, what? you're in, you're invested in uh, small games or you're my mom. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm guessing That's most me. of you I'm are I'm your mom. mom. That's why I listen. Well, you just blew my mind. Uh, but but regardless, uh, is there anything else you uh, you were particularly wanting to cover with this here video game? Well, one just kind of smaller thing I wanted to mention is um, I, don't, I don't actually know if I have anything to say about this, but <laughs> uh, something to mention that I thought was interesting that I had never I had somehow never noticed before mm-hmm. in like indie games but the the funding structure for this game is not that you pay for it it's that it has Mm. ads between rounds and i guess part of the reason i haven't noticed this very much is i don't play a lot of phone games and i guess a lot Mm. of phone games do stuff like that yeah but um i don't know that's interesting what do you think about that yeah i mean do you think it's a it's the right strategy i mean obviously um this developer is someone who i you know just from looking at his twitter i get the impression he does this full time so you know Hmm. not faulting him for wanting to monetize his games. Yeah. And, you know, I have some food. Uh, yeah. Eating food is good. Um, I but, uh, I don't know. It's, um, it's interesting. The question of how like solo developers or really small groups, uh, work on monetizing their games. Cause there's not always, not always easy ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And, uh, I kind of put the the dots together as you were saying it, that this game was probably developed primarily to be a mobile game. Uh, now that you mention it, because I, yeah. I was like, I haven't seen the, the type of ads where you like go to start around and then you like have to watch a video ad was kind of like, Oh, this is weird. This is not something I'm used to seeing, but uh, yeah, in a browser. No, I've never seen that in a browser. Yeah. So browser it's something that I was kind of like, huh? And for the most part, it's a minor annoyance, but now that you mention it, I mean, think about most of the games that we play. They're usually offered on itch for free or they're pay what you want. So basically yeah. you can play the game for free, but the idea is if you want to support the developer, then you'll like kick them a couple bucks. Yep. Um, yep. And which I've done a couple times. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, it's a similar to like the sort of band camp model for music where it's like, Oh, sure. you can listen to this for free, but if you like it, like you should, you should pay pay me help for him it. out help a help a friend out yeah so um it's interesting because i think even people like us who are playing a lot of these games and are like trying to support sort of the same i mean the whole point of this podcast is kind of support like smaller developers and games and mm-hmm. get you know get them out there and get people playing them so even sometimes even if i really like a game it's like well i've played it so i'm not going back to the itch page i already have it downloaded on my thing so i'm not like consciously going back to pay for it um right. in times when really i probably should because i really enjoyed the game and i want to support the developers um 
so it's it's a I think it's good. You know, little small developers get out there, make that money, do what you have to do to yeah. support yourself. Keep producing the games, yeah, because it's hard enough out there as it is. To if I I mean I think I ended up having to watch like five seconds of two or three ads over the you know thirty or however many minutes mm-hmm. we played of this game. So yeah, really not not not, not too bad. bad. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, the advantage to ads is that um, I read Once Upon a Time, I'm not going to remember the exact figures, but mm-hmm. uh, if your game is, for mobile games specifically, if your game is free, mm-hmm. you're just like, and you're an unknown developer, mm-hmm. just so much more likely to get downloads. Um, oh, yeah. Hugely. Uh, like, hugely likely, even if it's like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once you're a little bit of a more well-known developer and people are like, Oh, I know that your games not just be some bullshit thing that yeah. I'm getting ripped off for. I'm willing to shell mm-hmm. out a few dollars and take that risk. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, if you're, if you're just getting started and trying to make a name for yourself, um, you know, maybe ads are the, the, the way to do it. I don't know. Yeah. So my fav, probably my favorite version of this that I've seen, it's, I feel like it's pretty, or it was for a time, it was like pretty common on mobile is what you would get is you would get the download the game for free and then there's ads, but you can like do a like quote unquote micro transaction to just buy the version of the game where you don't get any ads. So basically you can play the game for free and have to deal with ads. And then if you get to a point where you're like, this game is cool then you can pay five bucks or whatever. Uh, and I think that's a really smart way to kind of get the best of both worlds where you're getting those free downloads and people playing it. Uh, you're getting money from the people who are downloading it for free. But if you want to uh, like keep some goodwill for players who get really invested in your game, you can have them you know, buy in and then they can just play it as much as they want without ads, which is a, I don't know, that's like, for me, at least, that's kind of ideal because I like to be able to like try a game before I commit to it. I mean, uh-huh. it's largely how I yeah, demos operate. aren't a thing anymore. Yeah, they, it, which sucks because demos are great, but they also they're great. they're a huge pain in the ass for developers. So I, yeah, I sure. understand, but I mean, it's a model that is largely how I uh, do music now. I pay for Spotify. Uh, to sure, stream, sure. and basically, if I listen to an album and I like it, then I go buy it. You know, I buy a physical copy or I buy it on iTunes to support the artist, and then I continue to listen to it on Spotify because that's the most convenient for me. But um, I don't know. That's kind of how I justify being like I'm still supporting the people who make this because <laughs> spot like streaming services give paltry uh, yeah, royalties like for plays. It's you know tiny fractions of a penny for every stream, which is uh, yeah. So support art if you like art or entertainment just any sort of media put your money behind it damn it <laughs> agreed that's a that's a great injunction to our listeners on which to end an episode called to action jordan <laughs> called to action make art happen um but anyway what what do we what do we playing next week um next week Shit. We're playing Super Type. Oh, we are. <laughs> it's like the third week <laughs> as, in a row that I... I, I 
Yeah, it's fine. You have a bad memory. I actually, it's I it's funny because we were just we just spent a bunch of time talking about mobile games and monetization, and this is a mobile game. Yes, um, it which costs two dollars. It costs two dollars to get in, which I feel like is the sweet spot for like if you're gonna just ask for money up front. Mm-hmm. Two bucks conveys to me that it's a person who it's not just like some random game where it's like oh ninety nine cents blah whatever or just free whatever nonsense and i've seen See, some gifts of this and this this game looks pretty neato now that you've told me that two dollars is the sweet spot though if i am a scammer i'm gonna charge two dollars instead of 99 cents well i guess it's Look, just i'm a not sweet, a, it's I'm a, a creative scammer spot. blake i have no data behind this <laughs> nothing to support my whims um <laughs> yeah no, anyway. uh, this game seems super interesting it's um it's like a game where you use letters as shapes for solving puzzles so it should be fun uh check it out um we'll talk about it next week um and then besides that uh, as always um make sure to follow us on twitter at edgarcast um, we tweet out links to the games that we play uh as well as um uh, general announcements about the podcast sometimes we uh tweet at the creators sometimes they tweet back um if you have so if you want to be a part of those sorts of conversations follow us um and then also if you have a recommendation for a game um hit us up on twitter we'll probably play it yeah um and yeah. uh with that we will we'll talk to all of you in a week's time until, until then, then.